Welcome to the Cracking Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm Anna, editor at TICE, a leading site for cybersecurity decision makers and enthusiasts alike. Now, when it comes to movers and shakers in the tech world, my guest this week is certainly making some noise in that realm. Sean John, MBE, is the Chief Security Advisor at Microsoft and the tour de force behind the queue for the Lou Initiative, a series of events and online resources aimed at women and men in the cybersecurity sector. I sat down with her at the Microsoft offices in Paddington in London to discuss how the queue for the Lou campaign came about, as well as why we've gone backwards when it comes to attracting and recruiting diverse talent to the industry. It's one of those things that's really taken off as a concept because it's something everyone can relate to. So quite often when you talk about diversity and women in cyber, we talk about women as if we were all one homogenous group of women and that we've all got the same interests and the same... But there is, which is not the case. We've got different careers, different things we want to do. You know, not every woman's a parent, you know, that sort of, sort of approach. But the one thing we have all got in common is that we all have, from a very young age an experience of standing in queues for the loo for a long, long time. Um, and, and it's a real, actually noticeable thing when you go to a technology conference in general, but particularly a cyber conference. That's the one time you walk straight into the loo and walk out and watch the men queuing around. So just from that, it's just like, it, it really resonated with a lot of people. So I kicked that off and just started this campaign. And it's really just meant to be a, a positive talking about the good thing about being a woman in, woman in cyber because it's a great career. And quite often when you talk about diversity, you can end up talking about negatives. So it's really meant to be a positive, showing off the great people we've got working in this industry, the great routes and, and providing support networks. It's really took off. So on Twitter, I have people tweeting me from conferences around the world of either the lack of a queue or occasionally the queue for the toilets at an event. So it's yeah. people just sort of engaging with that as something they can And realize. you've been in the industry for about 20 years? Yeah, yeah. So have you seen the queue get a bit bigger, a yeah. bit longer? Some events I do, um, and others, you know, and what's really depressing is I think, what, 10 years ago, we had a slightly higher gender diversity than we do now, don't we? we not much, but we've gone backwards a little bit, actually, in the last and 10 why, years, why we haven't we? Don't know. It's one of those things where it's, it, I think, I think it's, it's pipeline and pulling people in, but it... It, maybe it's just when you get a rush of people joining, they might be more men rather than being women. I don't think there's... Yeah, there, there is a conversation we have a lot about about girls just choosing not to do technology in general, um, and there's a lot of pressure to choose at a younger age. But I think it's a subset of that larger thing. Maybe it's the image of people that do cybersecurity as, well, Mr. Robert being a more acceptable end, the rest of them being, you know, lacking personal hygiene and having no interest. I, 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 it's one of those things where there's a few, th- it, 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 it's a fact that's happened, it's something you need to change um, and so it's about doing things such as the government's doing with Cyber First Girls and getting more people in but actually also about helping people to retrain I think once they've actually made a different career choice to come into cyber and things like that. Cause I, I was at an event yesterday and we were talking about the Cyber Committee for Tech UK yesterday and we're talking about trying to build a retraining programme. And the reality is that in that room of 30 people, only one person started their career in cyber. Oh, Everyone right. retrains. Okay. I mean, that's the nature of the fact that 30 years ago there wasn't yeah. a cyber career. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it about a diverse team that makes an organisation more secure? Well, we get that it's good to have a team yeah. and a good to have different opinions, but 
it's all about security at the end of the day. Yeah, and security is all about being able to anticipate and deal with attacks and, and cope with them and be able to change them. So if everyone is the same, there's a likelihood everyone's going to think the same way and have the same attitude. And then that means that you are going to have the same way of doing defence. You actually need diversity of outlook, opinions and thoughts in order to be able to actually design things in the broadest way to be most protected. So that, yes, gender diversity is one of those. Um, educational diversity, neurodiversity, um, ethnic diversity. We need all those different sort of... We need to have a good mix of people that reflect the world because we've got to really reflect the fact that there's lots of different ways and different hackers and different ways of thinking. So if we all ha look the same and think the same, then that's not effective. And I think, yeah, as well as having a strong belief in it, I think that's one of the things that's driving the government's a real passion for, for diversity in, in, in recruitment for cyber. In terms of um, a cyber attack and mitigating threats, you, you know, time is of the essence. Yeah. I guess people recruit because they yeah. just need someone to fill that gap and is the diverse team, is that perhaps potentially slowing down the process? Maybe the fact that we've just been hiring people that people know and they do, maybe that's why we've gone backwards in diversity because if you actually look at it, uh, there is a challenge filling the spaces anyway without diversity. So if you're just going, well, we're just going to go for the same people we've always had, what we're saying now, it's possibly a million shortage and within three to five years, it's going to be a three and three to three and a half million shortage of people. Carrying on hiring all the same people, you're not going to plug that gap. So in a way, actually, that's a bigger drive for doing diversity and actually going beyond your usual catchment area of people to hire to find more people to do that work. So whether that's getting you know, more gender diversity in there or actually going to people that are already well established in their careers and getting them to retrain rather than assuming you're taking somebody straight from school or university to train up, we're not going to plug that gap by carrying on hiring in the same way we have. We are going to have to look at technology as well to help to plug that gap, but that's all about the fact that I think we do need to evolve as a profession now. And so diverse hiring and in inclusive working practice is part of that, um, but then also is the, the sort of changing working practices and technology that we do. So I, I would actually say that our diversity problem has actually come because people haven't focused on diversity in hiring, not that focusing on diversity in hiring is stopping people filling the gap. So we actually need to step back and not go, I need to hire the same person. We need to go, what are the sort of thing, skills I need going forward? And you know, as we do move towards more automation and orchestration and instrumentation, then the skill set's maybe going to change into being more data science, more project management, more communication skills. We're already seeing that change. And some of the people, some people are actually struggling on that change, you know, so in terms of, of where they go with their careers beyond the first stage. Just wondering what your thoughts are and your advice maybe on the fact that, yes, you've got a diverse team and you've recruited, you know, you've ticked all the boxes, yeah. but... It's more than that. It's it's a different mindset. It's a different culture. It's a different yeah. language. Yeah. It's it's understanding those differences and and being able to work with them. What, so how can we tackle diversity on that deeper level? I think that's why, and it's helpful to use the, the sort of corporate speak, but that's why we start to talk about diversity and inclusion now, not just diversity. It's not enough just to hire somebody who's a bit different. It's about changing the way you operate to make it work. I mean, it's part of where Q for the Louvre comes from, isn't it? It's really... Um, acknowledge the fact that if you're a woman in technology you've probably been the only woman in the room quite a lot of your career and that creates a whole certain way of working that and, you have. And do you resonate with that? 
Uh, I do, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm a bit geeky, so I fit into a room quite well. It's never really bothered me. I, like I said I like rugby, so I'm like I can't. Talk. When they say, "Do you want to talk football?" I can't, but at least I could talk rugby. <laughs> That's from a genuine passion, not from a trying to fit in. But you shouldn't have to really. So it should be an inclusive environment to all different types of things, including the men that don't like football as well. So it's sort of like that whole making it a sort of place where it's not just about having diverse people there but you're inclusive and in engaging with all different mindsets and different ways of working um, so how yeah. could an organization be more inclusive so i mean it's one of those things that that we're we're addressing at microsoft now it's a big part of all our requirements is all about diversity inclusion so and we have um 10 inclusive behaviours, and if you could put me on the spot if I have to remember them all, but there's things like making sure you turn to everyone and include their opinion, you know, being respectful of what people's interests are when you're planning social engagements, actually sitting back and not interrupting people all the time, giving the sort of, and that's not just about uh, any sort of gender diversity, it's about the extroverts talking over the introverts, so stepping back and, and giving everyone a chance to speak, uh, about you know, genuinely listening and engaging with other people's opinions and the whole load of behaviours. And it's, it's actually being, it's one of the core things written into every Microsoft employee's performance now is to actually say, and it's not just about diversity, it's about inclusion and being an inclusive culture. I think that comes down from, from Sachin Adela and the way he, he has a passion for that and running the company. Uh, and I think that, that's what makes it a great place to work, to be honest. But, but effectively, I think that's the sort of thing you've got to do. You can't just say, I do diversity inclusion. You've got to build it in to the way you actually operate every day. Because otherwise, people have natural ways of falling into the comfortable uh, routines they've always had and, and chatting to people. But that inclusion includes the people that have maybe been in a tight team for five years as you bring in new people, make sure that they feel included in the new team and not that they're suddenly getting excluded as well. So. It's, I think it's a, one of those big uh, management corporate things of our time, but a really good one and one that we should really uh, live on and try and deliver. <laughs> how do we make sure diversity isn't forgotten about, diversity and inclusion? How do we, how do we nurture policies and institutions and, and to adopt diversity's benefits? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's sort of all the things that should be baked into everything we do. And... So I actually almost think it's a separate issue, but one that actually brings benefits because actually if you bring more diversity of people in, you bring in more people that are able to, to work with the business and help them make that change and help that. And again, that's, that's diversity of career, diversity of background, diversity of attitudes, not just you know, more gender diversity. So actually, I would think that diversity is one of the cores of actually making that leap. And if we carry on trying to do it with the same way we've been doing things in the past, we're arguably going to be stuck in the same loop and the same challenge. So I would actually say that I think that, that diversity is one of the ways to actually make that leap and to move away from fear, uncertainty and doubt and FUD and all that thing. It's a more proactive, different way of approaching. So you've maybe got the people we think of the traditional cyber roles doing their thing, which you know their language may sound a bit uh, doom and gloom. But then you've got other people with other skills who are able to then talk about that. What does that mean in terms of impacts? What are the outcomes? What should we be doing in business planning? And you see the organisations that, that are mature and doing things well, you could see that they've got those people in place and they've got those rules. And then, you know, if something's happened, what are the lessons learned? How do we move on to that? How do we um, effectively implement the change and make a difference? Or classic programme management, not cyber skills. One word that came up, quite a bit in, in you know hearing you speak is positivity and like bringing out the positive features of, of the industry yeah 
Do you think the industry needs a rebranding, or a different way of marketing to, to attract yeah. the right sort of people? I sort of think we do, but I think unfortunately we're up against um, the general sort of image in, in, in media that it's going to be hard to fight. So, so you could say, oh, well, it's Mr. Robot, isn't it? It's like a Mr. Robot being probably at the better end. You know, that the hacker is always the quite quirky person. I haven't got any dress sense, so I'm quite cool with not having any dress sense and uh, that sort of thing. But it's that whole thing of if you're into technology, that's all you're interested in, you've probably got some social issues. And it's actually, it's great if you have got like neurological issues, that's great being in industry, but the, almost the Im Im images of everybody is that they struggle to talk to people. It's a bit like the detective image, isn't it? So it's like, you could say you've got to change it all you like, but it's it's almost become a meme, isn't it? It's a it's a meme. Uh, so you want to want to betray well, a hacker? I'm going to have them in a hoodie walking down the screen. It's the interesting with Bond, like casting Bond, the, the the amount of debate and discussion around that. Like, yeah, oh, a black Bond or, or yeah. like a female Bond. It's female really Doctor challenging Who even. Yeah. For, for people <laughs> to to imagine that. Yeah, or even a female so, Doctor Who, but yeah, she's actually exactly. really, she's been really good Doctor yeah. Who actually. So, but it's like, and that's and that's the thing is you get a fixed mindset of what it would be. Even the cool ones is is Neo from the Matrix and uh, what's the name Trinity. There's a lot of leather involved in that. <laughs> I don't think that must be a bit of chaffing. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, but that's the whole like, so we could say we want to change, yeah, but we could say we want to change the image, but unfortunately even the cool image is, is a, a sort of geeky image. So I think we need to create other positive images separate to that when we're not necessarily going to change the... You need to talk to Netflix. Yeah, get Netflix to do... <laughs> I mean, it, actually, in Mr. Robot, it was quite interesting that one of the best characters in that was his, his friend it's from school, uh, best friend when he was a kid, who was effectively in cybersecurity sales and ended up in the business. So she was equally cybersecurity, uh, but yeah. people don't even didn't think of her as such. So it's sort of like... And, that, and that's, that's, that's sort of the interesting is that there are, I, I quite like Mr. Robot, by the way, because it does have a broader group of, of um, what's the word, stereotypes, but there is still focusing down on a few smaller ones, yeah. Mm. So, so I, I think, yeah, we're, we're not going to change the fact that it's a nice shorthand for media, but what we, what we can do is create other positive images that make people think of it in a different way. So, you know, not everyone thinks that, that being a detective is being Vera or Inspector Morse, do they? So five years down the line, what, what would you like to see? Uh, definitely more people in the industry, more different types of people, more viewpoints. Um, Akif Lalu, uh, of some thought, Akif Lalu becoming a bit more of the norm than the exception. Um, and, and I just think, yeah, seeing some of the things that are going on, so in five years, a lot of the cyber first cohorts will be coming out. And so we'll have... A lot of young people coming for Cyber first, that would be really good. But at the same time, then looking at a way that people find it comfortable to retrain or to remove, to move across into a cyber career from other careers as well. And then it, it effectively becomes seen as a, as a bit more of a profession and not just a, a sort of, uh, uh, the sort of, well, he's sort of the person like in the IT crowd that he wasn't only locked in the basement, the cyber guy was locked out the back in the basement, only came out every now and then, didn't yeah. he? So yeah. it's the whole thing of they're actually seen as a proper profession with proper skill sets, and, and we've got some really good examples of people you know, doing great things. Thanks to Sean. And you can follow the Q for the Lou campaign on Twitter to follow its progress.
Before we end, I've got a great cyber chucklebuster for you this week. Why was the policeman unable to catch the hacker? Because he ran somewhere. That's all we have time for this week. Please feel free to rate and review our programs on iTunes, and we always welcome thoughts and topic suggestions for future shows via at @tice on Twitter. For now, it's bye from us and join us next time for more cyber insight.